So I have to know, I was able to listen to you talk to the guys over at SpeakerFlow on their podcast, Technically Speaking, which is a five-star recommend for anybody interested in learning anything about becoming a professional speaker. But when you were talking with them, I think it came up that I don't want to speak out of turn or say things incorrectly, but you didn't go to film school, right? You didn't, you weren't going to be a video guy. You had no desire to be the next Steven Spielberg or anything. And yet now your company is revolving around the storytelling via video. How did that happen? Yeah, well, I do think that if you ask anybody, what were you really into between ages seven and 10? Right? What did you really like? I mean, at that stage, you're really developing into enough autonomy and you're, you're interested in things that you like. I love finding out what people are interested in. If they said, I like collecting things, right? Like doing this, like a lot of times, if they are happy in their career, they are doing something related to being out in the field or collecting things or, you know, categorizing or something like that as an adult. For me, I was always taking the video camera, the family video camera and making videos of my friends. In college, I would make videos for people. I never thought it would be something I wanted to pursue. I was very interested in personal development and growth. And I had an incredible mentor who helped shape my life. And I wanted to do personal development and growth for kids who were struggling, who come from really bad, you know, not like just hard circumstances. And I came from that, that kind of a circumstance growing up myself. And so I went to college to become a teacher and eventually went into a therapy program to become a, a licensed therapist. And I specialized in narrative therapy. And it's a, a form of therapy where if you get someone thinking about their, their life as a story and their character themselves as a character in a great story, they tend to make far different decisions. And I am studying that. And I thought to myself, as I was going into this program, how am I going to pay my way through it? I don't want to get like a, a waiter job. And I was like, you know, I used to always make video I bet I can do freelance video for people while I go through graduate school. So I did what any person will do today and why so many people are having trouble hiring people these days is that I went to YouTube and I trained myself for a year how to become, add professionalism to my video work. And I will say this to anybody, if, if you want to do something great, do what one of my clients whose name is Sebastian Sassabell says is make an irreversible commitment. So I socially put out there that I'd be releasing a full-length documentary by September, having never done a documentary, knowing nothing about how to film a documentary or edit a documentary. I got a theater, and in January of that year, I started teaching myself how to do it. I went and filmed a really cool story that I was aware of, and by September, I had a full-length documentary out. It killed me. I was working full-time doing it while I was doing it, but that led me into knowing how to film, direct, create video, edit a video, and by the time the next year I was in graduate school, I was ready to do freelance video, the long story made short is that during that time, one speaker asked me to make a video. I looked around the industry and thought, what is a speaker video? I thought they were all garbage. And the reason I thought they were garbage is because they didn't tell stories. And what I know from neuroscience is this. The only time that all the brain systems come online and integrate is when the brain is hearing a story. And if you want someone to remember what to say, you have to tell a story. And when I learned that, I knew that I would never speak again without telling what I was gonna say in a narrative form. And I turned that first video as speaker into a story. And it got reviewed that year at the National Association Conference called Influence as the, the best speaker video they had seen that year. And all of a sudden I started having speakers call me. And because I was very interested in personal development and growth, I found how much I loved working with thought leaders. And it was kind of like therapy 
but with branding. And I will say one thing, DP, and this is something I can't recommend enough for anybody who's doing anything. Your vision will shape your day decisions. And once I worked with two speakers and found how much I loved them, I wrote down on a sheet of paper, it was 2013 at the time, by 2018, I'll be the most trusted name for video production in the speaker industry. And then I put that above my desk and I made every single decision for the next five years based on that vision. And I cannot tell you how guiding it was because when you have a clear vision, everything becomes simple. The very next day after I put that above my desk, I got a call from a law firm and they said, we saw some of your videos. We'd love for you to do a video for each of our lawyers and one for our firms. It was eight videos. And in my head, I was doing the calculation. It was going to be a good paying project. And I'm in graduate school. I'm young, freshly married. I mean, I didn't have much money and I'm get, I've got this amazing opportunity right in front of me. And most people, as they grow their businesses, they don't have a clear vision. And so they take opportunities like that everywhere they go. Dot, dot, dot. I now knew what I was going to do. I looked up at that picture and I told the person on the other line, I actually only work with professional speakers. And they said, your, video, your, your whole website has business videos on. I said, yeah, our website's getting updated. And from that day forward, every opportunity that ever came, unless it was an executive who was, I'm a speaker, and then he asked me to brand his, his company as well. I would never work with a single person besides professional speakers. And as a result, in 2018, the most remarkable things happened to me that year. And that year was the year that from that way, day forward, when people ask about my marketing is, I was so clear about my marketing so clear about the brand we were building. I was so clear about delivering value. We don't do marketing. We don't do anything. We just do great products. And we have such strong word of mouth marketing that every single week we have people reach out to us. And every single week, our goal is deliver for those people like our business depends on it. And as we do, they tell all their friends and our business continues to grow. And it's not as hard as it sounds. It, it is for the first couple of years as you're building, but the clarity of what you're going to be known for and then just every single day and every single week, actions, choices based on that vision, you're going to make it. Listeners to this podcast, do you see why I go, yup, 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 whenever Chris opens his mouth? It's everything he's saying is perfectly aligned what I've been teaching for years now. And I think one of the key ways to look at what he just talked about is the idea that everything you have in terms of energy, money, bandwidth, emotional availability, those are finite. You have a limited amount of that. If you took on that job doing eight lawyer videos, you have, would have lavished all that energy on something that was off axis yep. or not aligned with what you ultimately wanted to do. Instead, you said, I'm going to stick to my alignment, even though it might hurt and I could certainly could use that money. But by not lavishing my finite resources on the thing that takes me off task, I am on task, which is creating that place, which is completely aligned with who I am, what I do and what I want to do and build my whole business that way. And consequently, you align your decisions. As you just said, everything goes against that touchstone of does this advance the ball on what we're trying to do or take us out of the stadium? And if the answer is it's taking us out of the stadium, the answer is no. You've heard me say this forever, listeners. If you have a brand, it allows you to use the most powerful word in marketing. No, I'm not going to do that. It's off brand. When you have a brand, 
you get to ask that question. Is it on brand? Is it off brand? If the answer is it's off brand, the answer is no. And you can see what happens. All you have to do is take a look again at videonarrative.com and see what Chris and his team are doing. And I just want to just, it, it blows my mind. Professional speakers, if I ask listeners, how many professional speakers do you think there are in the United States of America? Now, of that superset, how many of them do you think need video on the regular? Okay, how many videos a year would that be? Is, is there enough work to even support a company? And a lot of people might go, oh, that might be kind of sketchy. But the reality is, no, because you're getting a dollar, a premium dollar for the work you do because you don't do quantity, you do quality. Am I right about that? Because that's what I see. I see quality all over the screen. Yeah, I, I do believe that that's what we should all focus on. I actually just had this conversation with my team again this, this, this last week is that I heard a story early on about Chick-fil-A and essentially there's a story that is well known and they were having an executive meeting, all of the board, because Boston Market was coming on the scene in a big way. They were in the same market doing the same stuff. And Boston Market had the plan over the next several years to open 450 stores. Filet was a small company at the time. And they were asking, how are we going to compete? And the executive, the CEO at the time, just started banging his fist on the table until everyone was quiet. And he said, no. If I hear a, another person talk about scale, we're done with this conversation. The only thing we're going to do is focus on quality. We're going to become so good that our, employ our clients demand that we scale. And I believe the best marketing you could possibly do is focus on quality for your customers. Your customers are your lifeblood and the experience is so important. And from day one, I treated every customer and every client as if they were our main marketing department. And I tell our editors and, our, and the people on our team when I hire, I say, you're in the marketing department. If you ever ask me or trying to think about, should I spend an extra three hours and try something on this video? The answer is yes. Great quality video you do and every experience that a client has is going to be what drives the future of our company and brings in more revenue for our, for our line of work. The answer is yes. And so we try to create experience for clients that is remarkable. And as a result, they come back to us for years and they tell all their friends. And I think that's the secret is the quality is the secret. Well, when you're building a brand, especially a personal brand, if you're out there trying to market yourself via, I don't know, Google ads or all that stuff, you're wasting time because you're, you're fighting in a marketplace where everybody's a gladiator five times your size and they can stomp you at any time. But the thing they can't do is be you. And if you truly understand who you are, what you do and how you do it, and you align all your efforts around that, you will see whatever success you can possibly get if you stick to it. But the second you start going off brand is when you start making huge mistakes. So let me ask you this question. How long after you made that, what was it, 2013 or something like that, that decision to focus yep. only on speakers, how long did it take you before you could actually sleep really well at night? Because I know that first year might've been a little scary, but then again, I, I, I might be 100% wrong. No, I, I tell people, 
when especially new client clients that are are especially emerging and they're like if i pay you enough money will i be successful and i always tell them you're gonna you're gonna get very quality products a very clear plan and you're going to be positioned extremely well how long will it take for you to be where you want to be i have analyzed it with all of our clients and i've tracked it and i've tracked it in my own life and i've, I've asked other people who work with professional speakers and businesses, what do you see? And I find that the year, it's usually a three and a half year mark. I think at three and a half years, if you're consistent at it, and, and you know that's not specific to everyone, you can do a lot more, but if you're specific at it and you're clear about it, at exactly the three and a half year mark for me was the, was the time where all of a sudden I would have 10 people reaching out to me in a week, right? And, and that's plenty, four weeks in a, a month, 10 people a week, like, at that time, that was just like, wow. And in one, one month, we had to scale the company to 11 employees. And before it was four, three and a half years is where you stay on it. The compound effect kicks in and you will see what you want to see. The key thing there that you talked about is that consistency, because you kind of laid the foundation in the early part of that first year, but then you consistently executed upon that vision, upon that desire, upon that brand plan that you developed and you didn't give up just because you didn't get immediate gratification. We live in a time where people think that, hey, if I just put up the right photo on Instagram, all of a sudden brands are going to come to me and want me to be their ambassador. And then I'll be, you know, going to the Cannes Creativity Festival the following year or something. And the answer is no. I mean, you deal with a lot of speakers, all of them. I guarantee you all of them have a story about you have no idea how many at-bats I did for free as a speaker before I started getting some money. And then even then, I still did free stuff as I developed my strengths, my, my swing, if you will. And every speaker I've ever talked to said, oh, yeah, I did at least 150 free, maybe not consecutively. But, yeah, I still do free ones every now and then to try out new material or to if it's the right group that's aligned with what I want to do with stuff. And it's that consistency. It's, a, it's more about at-bats than it is about home runs. You know, it's that old line from um, Bull Durham. If you can eke out one more base hit, uh, you know, you can be in the Hall of Fame if, if you just keep going. And one of the things I like about what you do is that it's very aligned with the philosophy of what I call nonfiction branding. You aren't trying to be somebody else. You're trying to be yourself marketed and packaged correctly based on the completely true you that you already are. You know, so it's not like you're faking it. You're, you're not putting on an act. Yeah, you might dress a little bit neater, but then again, maybe you don't. It depends on what your brand is and all that stuff. How many speakers come to you kind of as raw clay as opposed to fully formed pros? Great question. And I want to give a big asterisk here as I answer this question. The asterisk is, asterisk is it's got to be truly you positioned in the way that your ideal audience needs you to show up. And so, so often something matters a lot to us. And so we try to make that our brand and make other people care about it. But there is a a gap that you have to bridge and that that gap is okay here's me and here's what my brand is who are on a stand event okay now who's my ideal audience who do i love to work with and what do they want and where do those two meet and i always talk about finding your distinction at those two places right and so jay is a great example of someone who 
wants for his personal brand to just talk about whatever is relevant to him at that time. But his clients are people who are in the trenches, in high competitive markets, and they need the right messaging or the right content for what they're dealing with. And so when we built that the right now, and he described that he's going to give real world consulting or real time consulting with the microphone based on what will give you the competitive advantage over the next two years. He is now getting the full license to speak about whatever he wants, which is what his brand is and what he wants to do. And he's saying it in a way that they want to hear. So too often people come to me and they're like, my brand's not working. And I'm like, why? And it's like, I want to sing. It's, it's a brand called Sing Your Own Voice or something like that or Sing Your Own Song. And I'm like, that's what you care about. That's not what they care about, right? So great. Sing Your Own Song is the brand. Good. Now, what does that mean in their market? And so we translate the word. So the secret to every great brand is you have to use the words that your clients are using. And so our brand, I use speaker demo reel. That's it. I say that everywhere. If, if you look it up, if you do anything, it's like, what, what does Chris do? Speaker demo reel, speaker demo reel. Now, a part of my ego doesn't want to be associated with speaker demo reels because I know that what my specialty is, is seeing a person and helping them build a brand that helps change the world. But if I say that stuff, it's just pie in the sky nonsense. If I say speaker demo reel, that is the exact thing they're typing into Google. So whenever we brand someone, we look for what are the words that your ideal clients are using. Now take your nonfiction brand, the essence of who you are, let that be as real as possible, but say it in a way that they are saying it. And I think that's the one thing that most people get wrong. And I think, BP, that that's something you, you know, help people with a lot as well is that we agree on is it's your full nonfiction brand, you, the true version of you, but set in the way that they're looking for. And when you get those two things right, it's magic. And again, listeners to this podcast have heard this before. I love to say, yeah, you own your brand. You own the IP. You own the TM that is your brand. But there's a co-owner of your brand. And that's the people who buy you, who engage with you, who use you, who might be interested in what you have to offer. If you aren't speaking their language, if you aren't trying to figure out what their pain is, because here's the thing, if you sell pain reliever, that's great. You have to know what their pain is because then you can talk about how you can alleviate that pain with whatever you happen to do. But the first thing is, so you've got a bad back. Well, that's interesting because I know how we can fix that very, very quickly. Oh, you're talking to me about my problem, my pain point. And as a creative director working at ad agencies, I would tell young creatives all the time, they don't come to us for creative. They come to us for pain relief. They have this thing on their plate. They don't know how to get done. They, they've got bosses screaming at them and all they feel is pain. And if we can come in there and make them confident that their pain is being handled and dealt with and they're going to get all the kudos and plaudits from their bosses and their buyers and everything else, they're going to keep us around forever. But the second we stop alleviating their pain, they're going to start looking at other agencies as a possibility. We are not in the creative business. We're in the pain relief business. And it sounds like you understand that, which is, you got to understand what they're buying, not what you're selling. There's a big yeah, difference. And, and then pair the two. You know, that's the secret is pair the two is we just too often we care too much about what we have to offer and we get get lost on that. I have a lot more to offer than speaker demo reels. But when someone first wants to engage with someone like me, the very first thing they're looking at to grow their speaking business usually is speaker demo reels. 
And then they have a conversation. And I say, why do you need a speaker demo reel? And they say, I need it because I'm trying to grow my speaking business. And I say, tell me about your speaking business. And then we have a whole other conversation. And I will tell you this, at the end of the day, if someone just needs a speaker demo reel, we deliver a speaker demo reel. We, we try to give the best one possible. There's many people who say, I just need a production or I just need a video. Now I can do a lot more than that, but if that's what they're asking for, I do nothing more. I don't upsell them. I don't share something else that we could do. But a lot of times that symptom that they're saying is not the actual root cause of their pain. And if I can help with that, then we're that much better at helping them get to where they want to go. And so I do believe that it is <laughs> that combination of knowing the core problem, but saying the words that they're saying. Yeah. And I'm going to translate this into some nonfiction brand speak. I have a concept that I've written about and I talk about all the time. It's called a brand handle. And I'm, I'm like you, I'll slap a TM on anything just to indicate that this is a big idea. And the brand handle, I always kind of make the joke of, is it too much to call them brandles? <laughs> a brandle, you know, but here's the thing. You're ab absolutely right. If the brand handle for Chris West and video narrative is they do the best looking speaker demo reels around, I have a handle for the suitcase of qualities and things that video narrative can do for people. And I can pass that suitcase off to a fellow speaker friend of mine very easily. And it's memorable too. Oh yeah, what was, the, I, I, oh yeah, I was at, talking to DP about a speaker demo reel. He mentioned Chris West, video narrative, boom. The conversation can now begin and you can open up that suitcase that the brandle is on and you can talk about all the things in the suitcase, all the, like you can talk about tech. You can, you can get into the fact that, yeah, we use DSLRs and prime glass on every one so that we get a really good filmic look. And when we edit, we can give you a, a custom LUT, you know, so you have a look that's unlike any other speaker out there. If the person wants to go there, most people don't know that stuff. I would be impressed by it and go, oh, yeah, what do you shoot on? Oh, yeah, we use the Canon 7D and we, or the, you know, Reflex, blah, blah, blah. That stuff only matters to people who care about such things. But the fact that you gave me a Brandle speaker demo reel, it makes it very easy for me to refer you to someone else. If not, just keep it in my mind as, oh, I should talk to these guys when I'm in the market for a speaker demo reel. I love that. I've never heard someone describe it like that, the brand handle or the brandle. And I, I cannot agree with you more. That is exactly, exactly it. I love that. DP, that is so catchy too. Well, it is. And that's one of the things, well, that's one of the things that I do. A turn of phrase <laughs> that can frame up a difficult concept and make it memorable that makes me a valuable presenter on stages or for clients or whatever. And consequently, that's a part of my nonfiction brand thing. You know, this podcast is, you're going to be on, I don't know, maybe episode 240 or something like that. It's been around four years, going on five years. This is all a platform for me to build that personal brand and also to demonstrate who I am, what I do and how I do it. I mean, every time I do one of these podcasts, I'm doing a speech on a stage that happens to be in your head. And that's pretty darn right. powerful. So any speaker who doesn't have a podcast, you're leaving money on an opportunity on the table, if you ask me. But I'll be honest with you, I do need a speaker demo reel 
And I'm interested in getting an idea of like the cost of engagement for your services and stuff like that. And again, this is not, I'm not asking for a hard rate card, but do you offer a range of possibilities? Because I mean, some of these, I can almost see a blimp was hired to do some of those shots, you know, or jib arms and sliders and all that stuff, where other ones are a little bit simpler and a little bit more stock photography or stock imagery usage, if you will. So where does this fit dollar-wise for people? Yeah, what's really nice is that I actually created a range for our clients so that we actually have a range from 5,500 all the way to like 30,000. And we actually work on three levels. One is called the foundational reel, and it's someone who needs a good video done in a few weeks that will get them on great stages. And it comes with a very clear launch and marketing plan. Like, this is how you use the video. This is where you put it. This is how you do it. This is how you put outbound emails. And we actually built, I give them our full launch and marketing plan that we do one-on-one for clients to say, here's your video and here's the plan, go for it. And so people are thrilled when they can get their full speaker video done in a matter of weeks for 5,500. And then there's others like the Jay Bear video where it's like, we're going to film over six months. We're going to film at multiple events. We're going to be renting a beautiful suite. We've got a full film crew. We're going to be doing this very high-end custom video because you want to be positioned at 30, 40, 50K. That's when those price points are a little bit higher. But what's really fun is most people are thrilled to find that there's a range and three different levels at what we do. And that's just been a fun thing for me to build out and a challenge that a personal coach told me, hey, you're so inaccessible. You only work with one high end. And I thought to myself, well, we built a brand around the Mercedes of speaker videos. Like I can't dilute the brand. And she, she reminded me, Chris, even Mercedes has an entry level. What's your entry level? And so it took me honestly seven months to build where I wasn't making any money. I wasn't doing anything, but I was, I was working with a company who specializes in travel videos and they have international editors. And I was working behind the scenes and I was finding a way where I could bring the price down, but I could find the best editors around the world who will, can work for less than someone in the United States and do amazing work. And I was teaching them our formula for an effective speaker video. And what's been really fun is people can come, they can get great project management, all the experience that our other clients get, a video done in a matter of weeks and be out there marketing for 5,500 when it used to take months and be on a wait list, et cetera, et cetera, for our bigger videos. And, and so it's been a good learning for me. And that actually was all this year's. We now have three different price points for people to, to work at where they are. Well, that's fantastic. Where would uh, people contact you to get more information about those price points and maybe a little bit more detail about what you guys offer? Yeah, just, you know, videonarrative.com. And then if they just fill out our contact form, it, it's the best way for us to just start a conversation. Again, you have to check out the work to understand why I'm so kind of jazzed about it. As a creative director, one of the things that's a real pain for a creative director is that you know what great is, and you also know what great costs. But at the same time, I've got stories up the yin-yang about people who do fantastic work, and it was amazing what they did to get the look that they achieved. And I'll just share this one with you. I think you'll get a kick out of. There was a story I heard from a fellow creative director about this guy they had hired, a, a Hollywood director of photography. They were doing a glory shot at night in the cypresses of Florida, you know, with the Spanish moss hanging down and all that stuff. And it, it was a shot in a swimming pool and they had two full grip trucks 
with every light you can imagine on there. And they had just amazing amounts of electricity being generated to cast the light on the Spanish moss and all that stuff. And finally, after the lighting director was all set up, he said, okay, we're ready to go. The director of photography goes, okay, great. He reaches in, pulls out a GoPro and gets in the pool and he shoots to get the shot and the look with a GoPro. Amazing, right? Well, that's what good creative people do. They find a way to get the shot you want, regardless of the trappings that are necessary to get it. And creativity can make chicken salad look like duck l'orange very, very easily if you're working with the right people. So you got to go to videonarrative.com and check out their video and you will see what I'm talking about. It makes everybody you work with look like a superstar and I can't give you enough kudos for what you're doing. It's worth every cent because every cent that I see is up on the screen and that's the most important thing. So anyway, thank you so much, Chris West of Video Narrative for being on the Nonfiction Brand Podcast. As always, the Nonfiction Brand Podcast is brought to you by the book, Nonfiction Brand, Discover, Craft, and Communicate, the completely true, completely you brand you already are, which is available at amazon.com. Pick up your copy today. As always, I'm your host, DP Knuton, and he is... Chris West. And I'll be talking at you again next week. Bye-bye.